Welcome to Wisdom for the Journey Season 3. My name is Mariana and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. Over the past three seasons and two years, my goal has been to help young women feel less alone, develop healthy relationships with themselves, others, and God, and feel empowered in their God-given callings. I love all the episodes in this season and I know you will get something out of this episode. Enjoy. Hey guys, and welcome back to Wizard for the Journey. As you already heard in the intro, my name is Mariana, and I'm the creator and host of this podcast. I'm very excited about this episode. Today, I'm actually with my mom, Tony Ruth. She was actually in an episode in the first season um, where I talked to a panel of women about mental health and toxic positivity. If you haven't listened to that episode, I would really recommend you guys go back and listen to that. But I'm very excited to have my mom on. So could you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. <clears throat> I am Mariana's mom. It's Mother's Day when we're recording. And so I'm really proud to be her mom. Um, my name is Tony Ruth Smith. I am um, a pastor um, and have been doing that for about 21-ish years. And... Um, just delighted to be here with my daughter today awesome thank you so today we will be talking about i don't know if i introduced this um but our topic for today is where god is in the dark places in our lives um i've had this conversation with my mom before and i really wanted to talk about this with her um because i think it's something that we don't talk about enough in the church and as christians um So we're going to start this episode off by the verse, which comes from Ephesians chapter five, verse eight. For one time you were in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light. What things come to mind for you when you first read that verse? Well, when I read this verse, um, I think about what does it mean um, to walk as children of light? And I think that um, that we can get caught up in the hard stuff and forget that God tells us that we are children of the light and we can walk as children of the light. And that doesn't mean that we're never going to have darkness. It just means that when we're in the darkness, um, we're walking even in the dark places as children of light. Um, <clears throat> and, um, and that that light doesn't ever come from us. That light always comes from God. Hmm. what does it say to you well the first thing that i picked out is you were light in the lord kind of what you said before we're not light in anyone else we don't create our own light fix our own darkness god is our light Mm -hmm. um i also noticed how it says that for one time you were in darkness there's not one person in this world where their life has always been happy and light um one time everybody has been in darkness um i also like how it says walk as children in the light i feel like walking kind of implies moving forward Mm -hmm. so it doesn't mean staying stuck in the darkness or looking back on dark times it means that you Mm -hmm. walk forward into the light yes so that was the verse and now we are going to go into the questions which i'm very proud of the questions i came up with this episode i was on a roll when i was thinking about it and i'm excited to see how you'll answer um so the first question is when was a time in your life that you were in darkness and what were the first steps you took to overcome that darkness Okay, so I've been in lots of different kinds of darkness in my lifetime. So I could talk about a lot of different things like that. So I think not all darkness looks the same. So there's sometimes I have experienced darkness that had to do with um, having made mistakes. Um, As Christians, we talk about that as sin. So the darkness of, of sort of being in a place where we were making choices out of sinfulness, right? I've also been in places of darkness that had more to do with feeling far from God and feeling like um, 
I didn't know what I was doing or where I was going. And I've also been in places of darkness that were a result of the circumstances that I had no control over, things that just happened to me, right? So um, when I first read this question, what I actually thought about, interestingly enough, was um, a time in my life around when Daniel was your brother, was um was born and um i would call that a time that i just felt sort of like not i wouldn't call it complete darkness but just spiritually i felt like i was in a dark place um not a scary place but more like a a a very quiet place that i was struggling to hear god's voice and know what Mm -hmm. god was trying to say to me and um and for me um, the first steps to coming out of that kind of darkness of so feeling like um, I wasn't walking with God, like I wanted to be walking with God, like my life had kind of gotten, not by any specific action. I think sometimes it just happens that we kind of look around and we're like, oh, heck, I ended up in this dark place and I didn't mean to, yeah. you know? Yeah. And so for me, um, that came, um, I started coming out of that when I just sort of began to acknowledge that that's where I was. So I think sometimes the first step of that particular kind of darkness is to acknowledge that you're in it, yeah. right? And that, um, and that you need some help to get out of it. And um, for me, that came in, in the form of a spiritual retreat. But, uh, but I think that, um, that overcoming it starts with the acknowledgement of it and sort of a, an acknowledgement that is not without any kind of shame or guilt or self-recrimination or blame because um, I don't think God does that for, to us when we're hanging right. out in places of darkness. Right. I think that, that God just wants us to find light and get out, you yeah. know? Yeah. And I even think um, if, if it makes, if it's easier for you to think about it this way, sometimes when I'm thinking about a time of darkness that I'm in and I'm kind of judging myself or um, criticizing myself, I'll think about if a friend came to me with this issue that I'm having, what would I say to that friend? And I wouldn't judge that friend. I wouldn't criticize that friend. I wouldn't like humiliate them or hurt them. Um, So I kind of talked to myself like I'm one of my friends. And that would be a voice of kindness and gentleness, which is the same that I kind of try to have myself. Um, And the truth is God's response would be even better than that. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, I was in a time of darkness pretty recently. I would say... um, January through March ish of this Mm -hmm. year was not a great time for me. Um, I've just struggled with some mental health things. Um, It's, it's okay to say now because like it's happening, but um, I found out in February that we were making a pretty big move to a pretty big church um, about 45 minutes away from where we are right now. And I wasn't expecting it. And I also couldn't tell anybody about it for about six weeks. Um, And that caused a lot of anxiety for me. And it was a really, really dark place for me. And it felt very lonely at that time. And even before that, I'd been struggling with some mental health things. And I wanted to talk about a specific story um, when I was actually with you. And this is when I decided that I wanted to do this episode with her. We were in the car together. We were driving somewhere. Charlotte, um, I think. I don't yeah, know we what were driving. We're doing. I think, yeah, I think we were driving to Charlotte to mm-hmm. go shop or something. And um, I was talking to my mom about struggling with my mental health. And I remember I asked her, if God is light, why does this feel so dark? And we were talking about that. Um, and she just, it felt like you were preaching a sermon. And it was, <laughs> and it was, it was, a, it was, it was really good. Um, and then as we were sitting in the car after we had had that talk, a song called Martyrs and Thieves, do you know who it's by? Um, Jennifer Knapp, K-N-A-P-P. Yes, yes. Started playing and it was the weirdest Yeah, we looked at each other. Do you remember that? Yes. You looked at me and you're like, what? I said, that's because that's how God works because he thinks stuff's funny. Because I put, I put this lyric down, which was Uh the first one that I heard and I was like, oh, okay. Um, it says, hung my head in shame and refused to take blame for the darkness I know I've lived in. So turn on the light and reveal all the glory. I am not afraid to bear all my weakness, knowing in meekness I have a kingdom to gain. Where there is peace and love in the light, I'm not afraid to let your light shine bright in my life. Um, so please go listen to that song if you're struggling with darkness. Because I'm telling you, I listened to that song on repeat for like three months. Because <laughs> it was just helpful to me. 
Um, and then I also think the, some of the first steps I took to overcome darkness was in my own mental health struggles. Um, you know, kind of putting, um, it, getting help, really. Um, not being afraid to get help. Um, going to therapy. I'm a big advocate for therapy. I don't think it's something that we ever need to be ashamed of. So talking to my therapist, being open with my parents, seeking help when I needed it, um, because we can't get out of our dark spots alone. And sometimes you just need to ask for help. Um, you know, I was thinking about that, the, the, the song that you were mentioning, Martyrs and Thieves. It says, in the absence of martyrs, there's the presence of thieves mm. who only want to rob us blind. So what she's talking about, martyrs are witnesses. Um, so when we're in darkness sometimes, and, and I think this is part of what you're talking about, about getting help. When we're in darkness sometimes, we can, um, we get particularly isolated, right? Mm -hmm. We don't want to tell anybody. We're kind of, we can be, we can feel bad about the fact that we're dark. Or, or if it's like a true, honest to goodness, clinical depression, um, we might just not be able to, right? Right. But it's, the song says, in the absence of martyrs or witnesses to God's love, God's light, yeah. right? There is the presence of thieves who only want to rob us, which reminds me of something we preached today from John chapter 10 yeah. that talks about that um, the, Jesus is talking about being the good shepherd. And he says that um, he says that the, the thief comes in to steal and kill and destroy but he has come that we should have life and have it in abundance. Mm -hmm. And so I think that um, that part of what we need to remember in darkness is that we got to surround ourselves with some voices that can be light bearers into our life. Mm -hmm. um, and I think in that moment for you, I was being a light bearer, but that song was also bearing the light yes. of God's love into, into that place of darkness right. for you. And so I think it's counterintuitive because you do want to hide, but it's really important when you're fearing, feeling places of darkness that you will ask somebody for help. Right. And like what you said, if anybody ever asked you for that, I can't imagine that anybody would be like, no, you stink. I mean, right, you know, or right. no, I want you to stay and, 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 and um, languish in the darkness. You know, yeah. people that love you are not going to do that no, to you. Right. No. And so if you can have the courage to voice it, that's no, part see. of how the light begins to break in. Right, right. Right. And I also think there are, two reasons that I specifically and I know that a lot of people struggle when they're in darkness and kind of use it as an excuse either not to talk to God about it or to talk to people about it sometimes when we're in our darkness we think well I don't want to be a burden to anyone mm. I don't want um to put this on anyone and them to carry it first of all a healthy person is not going to take that on as their own and if they can't handle it they're at it that at the moment they're going to tell you so choosing wisely who you tell these things to is important and if somebody really loves you like it's for me for my parents nothing that i go through is a burden for them really mm -hmm. ever um and that and that kind of vulnerability is scary but typically i found it's very much worth it and then the second thing is Sometimes we think that what we go through is too small for what we feel is a very big God. So um, I think something that helps me um, remember that I can come to God with anything is knowing that I think it's a verse of Romans. He loved us at our darkest and he's going to carry all of our burdens and all of our shame and all of our hardships even if we feel like they're too small for him i don't know if that makes any sense mm -hmm. but those are two things that i've kind of struggled with um and things that have kind of kept me from seeking help when i've been in dark places mm -hmm. so on to the next question um what are some times in the bible where jesus went through darkness well the two most obvious ones are his temptation in the desert when he had fasted for 40 days and he was tempted by the devil and that was clearly a time of darkness. And then the other was um, is Gethsemane. I think that's, I mean, the crucifixion will be another, but I think the clearest place you see him struggling with darkness it's is in the Garden of Gethsemane yeah. when he is praying that the Lord would, um, that's your cousin. Yeah, that's a really loud car. Sorry about that, guys. Um, I'm not even going to, I'm not going to edit that out. There's no point. There was just a really loud car. I don't know if you heard that, but continue. 
Um, <clears throat> so Jesus is in darkness in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, and he wants, he knows what's coming, and he doesn't want to have to do it, and all of his friends abandon him, and he's completely alone, and, um, and he cries out to God. Um, but at no point in that cry is Jesus offering a sense of feeling abandoned by God, right? Um, now, on the cross, Jesus does say, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? But that comes from Psalm 22. So uh, here's your little nugget, kids. Uh, go read all of Psalm 22 because Jesus probably had the whole psalm in his head. Mm -hmm. And Psalm 22 actually ends with how God um, is with us and God um, uh, redeems and helps us. He doesn't abandon us. So um, and how someone is hoping in God even in the midst of the darkness. So I think that Jesus' examples are, are, both of those examples really are Jesus in his darkness turning to the word and turning to what he knows to be true, mm -hmm. no matter what the darkness feels like in the moment. Right, right. And his darkness was intense. And I think, I think about how on Good Friday, it says like the sky turned mm -hmm. completely black, which I really think is some powerful symbolism of what darkness in our own lives feels like. Mm -hmm. Um and then it says that he literally like sweats blood, right? Mm -hmm. Which that's pretty intense. Um, and I think it reminds us that his response is turning to God. So that's what we need to do. But also that God wasn't always happy and his life wasn't always, always, it didn't always feel like white. And sometimes I feel like we're going to get to this question later that we view darkness as such like a sin. But Jesus has had times of darkness, and Jesus was perfect. Mm -hmm. So darkness is not a sin. That's right. Um, I basically said the same thing, um, Good Friday. Um, but also we have to think, after the complete and utter darkness of Good Friday, Easter came. Mm -hmm. So sometimes when we're in this darkness, there's light, at, there's light around the corner that we don't even know is there. Um, so... Along with that, our next question, because I've heard you say this before, what does it mean to you that we are Easter people? Well, um, for me to say that we are Easter people means that we are people that believe in resurrection and redemption. That mm -hmm. we don't believe that there is any tomb that is so dark that God can't roll the stone away from it. That we don't believe there's any darkness that God can't bring his light into, right? Mm -hmm. So John chapter 1 says, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, right? right. And it says, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So he's right. setting up at the beginning of John, the end of John, and the resurrection, yeah. right? So the light has shone in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. So to be Easter people means for us to have an orientation of our life that says, no matter what the darkest darkness is, I believe there is light. Now, yeah. you're going to have to have people around you that remind you sometimes in your own darkness that Easter's coming, that Sunday's right. on the way. Right. But that our orientation, the way that we turn ourselves, the way that we uh, approach the world is that we believe that God is always, even in dark places, at work for the sake of redemption. Right. I'll say to you all the time that nothing is wasted in God's economy. Yeah. And what I mean by that is God's economy is an economy is uh, sort of the way, um, how do I say this better? Um, economy is like the, 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 the goods and things that are part, like if you think about the, like an economic right. system, right? right? It's like the goods that we exchange, right? Okay, so an economy is just the things that are available to us. So in, in all the things that are available to us, some things are good and some things are bad and some things are pretty neutral, right? Yeah. And what what when I say nothing is wasted in God's economy, what I mean is God uses the good to draw mm -hmm. us close to him and God uses the bad too. Yeah. Doesn't that God causes the bad? Because I don't think God um, causes us to be in terrible places of darkness. Mm -hmm. Although, if you think about Psalm 23 even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death and the implication being that sometimes that's where we're walking. Yeah. Even there, your hand will guide me. Mm -hmm. Right. So God is with us even in, in the dark journey. Right. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't waste the dark journey mm -hmm. 
he uses the dark journey for the sake of our redemption to redeem the hard things and the painful things and and the hurting things um and to bring light out of that so for example um you know my dad died your grandfather died when i was five years old and i don't believe that god caused that terrible thing to happen and that's brought a lot of sadness into places of my life there is there can be dark sometimes it can feel dark there right when i'm Mm -hmm. when i'm really kind of in that grief but i believe that god has used that to change how i live in the world yeah right? right and to allow me to have um known his grace at work in those in those moments so that when i meet somebody else who's in a similar circumstance i can be a bearer of light back to them do you see what i'm saying so i don't think you know even with your heart surgery you know this podcast comes out of the hard-won wisdom for you that came out of your heart surgery and so for for you to think about how um what does it mean to be an easter person for you part of that is for you to believe that God's going to take even this hard thing that happened to you and bring something that is light out of it. Yeah, Does that make any sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I, um, when you were talking, I couldn't help but think about um, when in the episode that you were in, um, the one that I recorded about mental health, um, Susan hefner Hewn, who was also a pastor, she basically said, Think about if you think about nighttime, and this is not for me, this is from her. I don't want to take credit for it. If you think about the nighttime, it's dark, right? Of course, it's night, but flowers don't just stop growing in the nighttime, like they don't just stop. So, when we're on dark places in our lives, we don't just stop growing, God is still working within us and through us um, and for us. So that's something that I remind myself all the time. And I wrote down, um, I think to think that we are Easter people means that we are people who have hope. Um, We don't give up and we don't plant our feet in the good Fridays of our lives because we know that there's an Easter coming. Um, So the next question is, I think the next two are the big ones, which is what I asked my mom when I was in that car um, and we listened to Mars and Thieves. Where does God fit in struggles with our mental health? Well, number one, I don't think that we need to think about mental health any different than physical health, right? Mm-hmm. So sometimes um, you're going to experience mental health struggles. Yeah. And you shouldn't put any more judgment or... Um, my expectation or blame or guilt or shame or anything else then you on that then you would put on you know that you have a sprained ankle or your appendix burst or you broke your arm right and yet there is all this sort of stigma around it unfortunately right right? right. so um mental health god has compassion if you, you know it's interesting when you read the bible and the bible talks a lot about people um that have demons right and that is not language that most certainly not mainline protestant people are using Mm -mm. right that's not like Mm -mm. that we don't talk about so so the question is did that stop happening and my answer is well no but i think we we just understand it differently okay and what i mean by that is um uh like i think it's in oh gosh don't quote me on this it might be in luke chapter eight it's in mark is the other place mark five maybe don't quote me on that it might be mark eight anyway um there's this guy that's um that jesus encounters and they call him the garrison demoniac right and it's this guy who's living among the tombs and he's you know they have to chain him to the tombs because he's he's not right and um and he cries out to jesus and and the voice that cries out says you know what do you have to do with us jesus of nazareth and jesus says what is your name and he says we are legion um and jesus casts the demons out of him and then they find him this man in his right mind and nobody can understand what happened you know, all I can think is, gosh, you got to wonder if we wouldn't now call that a form of mental illness. Mm. What they would have called as demonic possession, somebody that um, somebody that's not in their right mind, right? They're they're acting out in a certain way. They're behaving in in ways, and 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 yeah. instead of being isolated, right, which they were doing even in Jesus's day, that person doesn't need to be isolated. They need to be embraced. Yeah, and and Jesus. Um, embraces us in our mental health struggles, but we have to allow it. 
And part of that is getting rid of the stigma that we put on it and the shame that we put around it so that we can get the help that we need. You know, um, when you first started talking to me in the sixth grade about some of the things you were struggling with, I felt so powerless, Mm. right? I was like, I don't, like, I don't know what to do. And I'm a pastor for goodness sakes. Yeah. You know, I've had at least some training or exposure to things. What in the world is somebody that's never had any exposure going to do, right? And there are, I know, Christian circles where parents try to pray it out of their kids. And honestly, goodness gracious, y'all, I mean, you wouldn't try to pray away a broken arm. You wouldn't try to pray away, you know, a a, a ruptured appendix. (laughs) You would take somebody to the doctor. So I remember thinking, I feel so powerless, right? And then I had to remember that I did, I wasn't powerless, that I did know somebody who who um was more powerful than i and that number one i should pray for you but number two i needed to get you to somebody that could really help you kind of suit that out and we talk about it like putting tools in your toolbox right and you've really accessed those and taking well and good advantage of them to your betterment right so i think that god is in the mental health struggle yeah um and 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 wanting for us to know healing and wanting us to know um uh, wholeness i mean that's what jesus is all about he wants you to have he wants us to have peace and peace doesn't mean the absence of conflict it just means right. the presence of wholeness yeah. so god wants you to be whole right. and that's just going to take time right and, and work and sometimes i think we forget that sometimes mental health struggles can be physical health things oftentimes when we're going through severe mental health and i'm not saying this is a case for everything or it makes it less valid if it's not the case Sometimes it's literally a neurochemical balance imbalance in your brain. That's right. Something that you just can't control. Something that is physical. Right. Um, and I don't get why there's such a shame around that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also like to think, I don't know if you guys know this. I haven't really talked about it much on the podcast. I want to be a Christian counselor in the church when I get older. And how I like to describe why I want to do that is sometimes I think, Um, In a general sense, not specifically anybody. Sometimes the church and Christians um, act like God and mental health aren't involved with each other. That they're two separate things, two completely different things. But the truth is, God and our faith and our spirituality is so interconnected with our mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, They are intertwined and just it's like a holistic thing um our physical health our spiritual health and our mental health are so intertwined and god is always connected and in our mental health he's always there but i think a lot of us especially if we've grown in the church we sometimes um take away that god isn't as much there in our deep dark mental health struggles um which just isn't true and i think we need to do a better job of teaching that you can have mental health struggles and god you can have both things Mm -hmm. um so that's just what i think um unless you have anything else you would like to add we can go on to the next question so the next question um and this is a question the specific one that i asked her is god there in the dark places in our lives if he is light, how can life sometimes feel so dark? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm going to try to remember the exact analogy I gave you. I actually wrote it down. You can read it from my paper. Oh, you wrote it down. I, I think did. It's about, where are we? Oh, yeah. Okay. So. Oh, by the way, if you're kind of zoning out right now, I really need you to listen to this because <laughs> this has been a very helpful analogy for me. So I need you to listen to this. My jaw dropped when she said it in the car. So sometimes the circumstances of our life can make us feel like we're in a dark room. So think about a dark room, like, okay, or, and it could be a big room or it could be a closet, right? But a dark place. And when you're in the dark place, you feel like the darkness is all encompassing, right? Like it just feels like there's no light anywhere. But the truth is, that there are cracks in every door. There just are. So there are places where the light is just outside the door. You know, even like if you're if you're in a room that's dark, like the sun is going to come up every single morning, friends. 
It is. Every morning. It has never failed to come up. Yeah. So the sun is going to rise. And no matter how dark the room that you are in is, there is some space, some crack where the light is going to start shining through. Mm-hmm. And so when we're in that dark place, we can feel like we are so alone. And if you can, in that moment, just remember that Jesus has said, I will never leave you. Mm-hmm. So in that room, you are not sitting in wherever that, that darkness is. You're never sitting in the darkness by yourself. God is always in the darkness with you. God's not outside the door in the place of light. Like as though, as though dark and light are, are, you know, don't have any truck with each other. Right. There's a whole lot more gray. Right. Think about, think about that. Like, um, like dawn or dusk. Right. Mm -hmm. You know, the sun starts to rise. It starts to get light before the sun actually completely rises. Right. And it starts to get dark before the sun completely sets. And then after the sun sets, it's still a little light. It doesn't get completely dark for a whole for a while. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so the light is there, mm-hmm. and um, and so if you can just believe and see the little cracks mm-hmm. where the light is coming in, and maybe that crack is um, a friend, maybe that crack is a scripture or a song or something that you can remember to be true. Yeah. And believe that the light is there. Yeah. You know, First uh, John, I'm not going to give you chapter and verse. First John says, for the true light is already shining mm. and the darkness is passing away. Yeah. Now, I want you to think about the tense of that. What do you hear? The darkness is continuing, is presently passing away. But the true light is shining. Mm. Right. So the true light is already shining. God's light is already here, but the darkness is passing away. So think of it more like if we were to open a door that was in a dark place, right? Mm -hmm. And the sun was rising. It would take a while for that light to get into every darkened corner. Mm -hmm. So it's coming. And if you can have some hope that it's coming um, and believe that the light doesn't stop shining just because you're in the dark then there is hope. Mm-hmm. Does Absolutely. that make any sense? That makes a lot of sense. And I also thought of, when reading this question, I thought of Psalm um, chapter 139, verse 12. Psalms is probably one of my favorite books mm-hmm. in the Bible, which says, even the darkness is not dark to you. The night is as bright as the day, for the darkness is just light with you. Um, so I really think that describes God's presence in our darkness. God brings the light to our darkness. And sometimes I also wrote down with that analogy that you were saying, um, sometimes it feels like God's not there in our darkness. But if you think about it, like logically, in the dark, you can't see. So sometimes in the dark, it's really hard for us to see God Mm -hmm. because we can't see anything. We can't see anything except for our own hopelessness and anxiety and shame and darkness. Mm -hmm. Um, so it's not that there is an absence of God. It's that we can't see him. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's something very important to remember. So what does it mean to believe? Isn't that the essence of faith? Mm-hmm. To believe where you can't see. Right. 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 Have faith. Um, and I was just thinking when you, uh, when you're talking about that, about um, the Indigo Girls, my favorite Indigo Girls song is mm-hmm. Closer to Fine. And the best line in that whole song it says the darkness has a hunger that's insatiable and the lightness has a call that's hard to hear. Yeah. Right. So it is, some of it is making a decision that I'm going to look even for the tiniest pinprick of light. Yeah. You know, right. um, what is it? One of the Psalms says, my soul waits for the Lord more than watchmen who wait for the morning. Yeah. You know, when you're, when you've had a long night of darkness and your just eyes are trained on the horizon looking for the rising of the sun, what does it mean to just believe that the sun is going to rise again? Yeah. Even in the dark place, even in the hard place. That's ultimately about faith and hope. Well, and I also thought about, um, it was right after Christmas and mm-hmm. your mentors when you were about my age were <laughs> yeah. David and Frida. Uh-huh. And 
um, I'd never met them, but my mom had talked about them. And first of all, I'd like to say that they were nothing how I expected <laughs> them to be. Because we went to their house, and it was kind of unexpected. And David cussed like a sailor. <laughs> and they were both smoking the whole time. So they were not what I expected them to be. Mm-hmm. But um, David and Frida are both pastors, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, David said, he was talking about darkness and light, and he said, um, that somebody had once told him that if you can't see God, simply open your eyes and look. Mm. So, God is always there. That's right. Sometimes we just block him out. Like, we're so focused on how we think that he's not there, how we think that we're walking in darkness and hopelessness, that we forget to look for God. That's right. And sometimes... God is found in something like a sunrise. That's right. And looking at a baby. So we have to look for God in our lives and look for the simple things. So if you're in darkness, I challenge you to, for a day, look in the world around you, pay special attention, and write down every single small little place that you find God. Because the truth is, God's always there. Sometimes Mm -hmm. we just forget to look. That's right. So, like, um, what is it that you're, it's a great sort of tool that your therapist gave us once to write down every day three mm-hmm. things you're thankful for. So, another one, that's just a way to do that when you're, make yourself, and, and when you start, if you're in a real place of, of darkness, really struggling, it's going to be hard to name mm-hmm. three things, um, three places that you see God at work, and they're going to feel like they're small and insignificant. Yeah. But start with the small and insignificant. Who cares how big it is? Like I said before, God cares about our small and insignificant. That's right. That's right. Um, so let's see. Where's the next question? I don't remember where I am. Uh, I'm not going to go for this because this is a question that I would ask a pastor. Okay. And I don't want to answer this because I don't even know the answer. Okay. I don't, well, I know the answer. I don't know why. Is struggling and being in a place of hopelessness and darkness a sin? No. Why or why not? Okay. No. 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 Okay, why? Do you need me to, like, tell you? I don't... Why is it not sin? Um, I think that sins can lead us to places of darkness. But the darkness in and of itself is not a sin. God created darkness. Darkness and light. You know, it's not like dark bad, light good. You know, it doesn't, doesn't work like that. God, you know, uh, God spoke light into the world, but he didn't, he allowed the dark to stay. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. And so I think that we can end up in places of darkness because of sins we have chosen. But the darkness in and of itself is neither bad nor good. It just is. And if you can remove the stigma of, I did something bad and I deserve this, or I'm in this bad place, so I must have done something, or this bad place or this dark place is a bad thing. You know, I don't think that helps anybody get out of it, mm-hmm. right? And I and I just think that we're all going to end up there from time to time. Yeah. It's just, you know, night comes. It, it, it just is. So, no, struggling and being in a place of darkness and, and hopelessness is not a sin. Sin can be part of how we get there, but it is not in and of itself a sin. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for that. Yep. Um, our next question is, what are things we can do in the dark places in our lives to get us out of those places and into the light? Okay, so we've already named at least one, which is to um, to ask for help, to acknowledge that we're in the dark and to tell somebody. Yeah. Okay. Um, another way is um, to start reading your Bible. Start reading. Go, if you have a Bible that's got a concordance in the back of it, um, go look up the word um, light and just go read it. Read every verse that has anything to do with light. Okay. Um, I think that when we're we're in a dark places, um, crying out to God, lamenting can be really, really, really important. And the church has done a lousy job of teaching mm-hmm. people to lament. Mm-hmm. But go read Psalm 22. That's what Jesus says from the cross. Psalm 22 is a psalm of lament. So cry out to God. Tell God you're hurting. Tell God you made a mistake. Tell God you're sad. Tell God you're struggling. Tell God you feel like you're in the dark and you're all alone. Yeah. 
And when you can lament, when you can start voicing it, it begins to start dispelling some of the darkness's power to make us feel yeah. like we're stuck. Yeah. Um, I think, um, I think to remind yourself to ask the Lord to remind you of all the good things can help you start emerging from darkness. And I always think, I mean, if we're talking about depression, then getting medical help is important. Yeah, that's right? what I was about to say. Getting you, medical help is if important. If you are listening to this and you are having severe mental health struggles, um, self-harm, suicidal thoughts, it is even scary. It is very important that you get, that you get help um, from a reliable adult who will help you. Um, even if that means going to a school guidance counselor, um, just getting help. Um, and it's definitely nothing to be ashamed of. I've had to get help from people um, because I'm human. And that's sometimes what we have to do, even when it's really hard. Um, tell a friend, tell a friend's mother. If you don't feel like, if you're afraid that your parents are not going to respond to that in, in a way that's helpful then tell some adult that you trust. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just going to encourage you to do that. Um, so there's a difference between like that kind of darkness, like depression darkness yes. Yes. and darkness of like, um, like there was some darkness around finding out that you had to have surgery. Yeah. Right. That was hard. Yeah. Um, and, and the way out was asking for help and letting people support us and care for us and yeah. remind us of the light. And there's some darkness when someone dies yeah. when someone you love dies and again lament not hiding not stuffing not pretending not wearing a mask yeah. allowing yourself to feel is is one of the ways out yeah well and i think when i went through this season of darkness when we were about when we are we didn't know if we were moving or not and i'm telling you that was probably the worst season of anxiety that i've ever been through it was an anxiety that a type of anxiety that i never really felt before and um one of the things that I did that really helped was I didn't put any pressure on getting out of the dark place. Mm -hmm. I just let myself feel what I needed to feel and be where I needed to be. That doesn't mean that I planted my feet in that good Friday. I still asked for help when I needed it and I mm -hmm. still talked to God, but I didn't force myself to get better anytime soon because i feel like when you force that it's just going to take longer so take the pressure off of it i think that really helps um and have don't really have shame about it if that makes right. sense here's another thing to think about no night's not necessarily a bad thing mm -hmm. think about some of your pleasant memories with night fireflies come out at night you know, have you ever been camping? There's something kind of beautiful about the sort of silence of being outside at night, right? Mm -hmm. And you can hear the animals that are outside. And um, and if the stars are out and you can see all the stars in the sky, yeah. you know, there is, there's good in the night. There's good in the dark. So maybe instead of trying to shoehorn your way out of that dark place to say, okay, this is where I am right now. God, what would you have me learn here? Yeah. You know, this is where I am. It is what it is. I can't change it. So what's the lesson? Where are you yeah. present? And what do I need to know? What, yeah. what, what gift can you give me? What redeeming thing is in this place that I find myself in that I didn't want to be in. So maybe that's a way to think about it too. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, so the next question, do you think we can prevent dark times in our lives? If so, how? Well, I think that depends on which kind of darkness it is, right? Yeah. So if it's, um, so the answer is, can we generally speaking prevent dark times from coming for, to us? No. Like stuff's just going to happen. Yeah. Um, and, and the difference between Mariana and most kids her age is that the darkness just kind of got brought to her, right? Yeah. Um, some of us are blissfully not going to have to deal with it for a lot longer than that. Same is true for me. I just happened to, to catch darkness early, right? Mm -hmm. um, so I don't know that that you shouldn't put any value judgment on that. It just is a statement of what is, right? So I don't think you can prevent some of the dark times. Sometimes things happen that are not in your control. Mm -hmm. And that might be moves or your parents' relationship isn't going well or 
um, sickness or the loss of somebody that you love. Those things are not of your doing. You can't really do that. Right. And sometimes just circumstances happen. Right. You know, right. we just have a mental health struggles. That's not your fault. It just happens. Right. right? Even like bad seasons of severe anxiety, right. uh, depression, eating disorders, OCD, really any of that, where it's literally something chemically is imbalanced in your brain and you can't, you don't have control of That's that. right. All right. So, but there are some dark times that we invite, mm -hmm. you know, by the choices that we make and the, the people that we surround ourselves with. Um, and, and so I do think there is some prevention that you can do there. Um, and some of that has to do with walking that verse, going back to that verse that you started with, walk as a child of the light. You know, there are just some things that are, that are not going to lead to light and life for you. You know, um, a lot of uh, moral choices that won't lead to light that think that, that, that you think might, but they really won't. Um, um, a lot of choices to sin, um, to harm other people, to harm ourselves, to, um, to pretend that we're something that we're not in order to fit in. You know, we invite some of that darkness to, uh, to ourselves and we can choose to not do that. Um, you know, it's like the, like sometimes you end up on a dark path and it was a not of your doing. And sometimes you make a conscious choice to turn down a path mm -hmm. that is going to lead to things that aren't good. And what I would say to you is, you know, some of that stuff is avoidable. Yeah. Um, but if you, I also want to say to you, if you're ended up in, if you've ended up in a dark place, um, that was perhaps preventable, don't just heap judgment on yourself. Ask for help and turn around and get back out. There's always hope and there's always a way out. And there's always, everybody gets into some kind of darkness yes. because of their own choices. So there should be no shame around it. That's right. Because it just shows your humanness and your need for God. That's right. Um, so the other thing is, even if it's a not preventable type of darkness, if you um, take if you take the work before to make sure that you have a steady foundation um, in God's word, the darkness isn't going to be. I won't. I don't, won't say as hard. The darkness. Um, I don't know the word I want to use. The darkness if you, isn't going to shake you right. as much because you'll have a firm foundation in in hope. In hope, yes, yes right. that Easter's coming. Um, so nine and ten are the questions that I ask at the end of it, at the end of every episode. Um, what would you tell your past self who was walking through darkness? Keep putting one foot in front of the other. Nothing is so dark that it that it is going to destroy you. Just keep putting one foot in front of the other. It will get better. Mm -hmm. Look for the light. Um, so the three things that I put is this isn't your fault. It's not a sin. Um, just because you're struggling with your mental health doesn't mean that you're to blame. Mm -hmm. um, the second thing that I put is that God is here even when you don't feel like it. He's in here even in the dark room. And the last thing I put is that there's always hope. Um, there's always that knowledge when you have a firm foundation of Christ that the light is coming. Mm -hmm. um, and then the last question, what do you think God would say to someone who's walking through a dark time? I am light in me. There is no darkness in all. Walk in the light as children of the light. Mm -hmm. I think that God would say, I know the darkness of a tomb. Sunday's coming. I think he would say, um, I'm with you. Don't be afraid. That's the most constant refrain in the scripture is do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. And and I think that God says it so often because he knows. Yeah. He knows that we get scared. Yeah. Um, and so turn on the light. I think God would say turn on the light and believe that it's there even when you're having a hard time. I love that. Um, 
thank you so much for coming on with me today. Before we close off, do you have any closing words that you want to share? I guess I would just say, um, I hope that, that all of your people that are listening and that you and that me, um, would just remember that we're just never alone. And if we're never alone, then there's always somebody to bring the light to us, right? There's this great song by Chris Rice called Go Light Your World. And it says, the chorus says, carry your candle, run to the darkness. You know, um, if you have a candle and your light is shining, um, go to somebody else in their darkness. You know, people when they're in a dark place, tend to think that they can't be seen or that nobody notices. So pay attention, mm. pay attention to the people that you know are going through either that you can see by the way that they're behaving or just, you happen to know, you know, you, yeah. everybody that knew you, you know, when you were having your heart surgery, knew that had to have been a place of dark. Right. Yeah. So part of what we do is we bring the light to other people and we are light bearers um, to people that are struggling Um, so that's part of why if, if you have come out of a place of darkness and you know, um, what it's like to be there and you have found that light again, take that light and go back into the darkness and be, be there with somebody else, sit in that dark place and remind them that the light is present and be hope for somebody else. Yes. Yes. Thank you so much. I have really, truly loved this episode and some housekeeping things before, um, we leave. Uh, my podcast, I'll say a lot of this in the outro, but, um, my podcast is on Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and Spotify, so that's where you can listen to it. Uh, this is the third season, so if you have not listened to season one or two, I really encourage you to listen to them. Um, and I have an Instagram called Wizard for the Journey, and the craziness of my finals in school right now, I have not been posting except about the podcast episodes that are coming out weekly but I typically probably in the summer when this comes out I'll be posting more consistently um and it is basically this podcast and an Instagram account um and it's just at wisdom for the journey on Instagram so thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next time Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I hope you got something out of it. If you haven't already, make sure to follow our Instagram at Wisdom for the Journey. I truly pour my heart into it, and if you love this podcast, it is definitely the place for you. Also, if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, make sure to leave a rating. Again, thank you so much for listening, and I'll see you next time.